Well, um, I normally don't know the title of my sermons until I give them, until after I re-listen re to them or listen to them afterwards. I'm like, okay, this is going to be the title. Uh, today, I at least know a portion of the title, or it's going to be some derivative of what I'm about to share. So the title of this message is, is going to be something like, Tips and Tricks and Tools to Be More Sexy. So if anybody wants to kind of relearn how to get their mojo back, the women are like, let's get out of here. The men are like, hold on, hold on. Maybe the rabbi has something good to say. So let's, uh, let's take a look into the manual on how to be sexy. The word of God. So let's start. From the book of Mark. And I have to say that there's been a theme all throughout, a theme which I've, I've seen and heard as songs came forth, as words came forth, as even opened the eyes of my heart at the end when it was holy, holy, holy. This theme of holiness, even in the Torah processional song. And that's the theme of today as well. So let's start with the book of Mark and let's read um, a fairly popular, some fairly popular words of Yeshua himself. So Mark 8, 27, and I'll read a couple of verses one at a time. Yeshua went out along with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he questioned his disciples, saying to them, who do people say? That I am. Who do people say that I am? They told him, saying, John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others one of the prophets. Let me stop right here and ask you all a question. How many of the people got the right answer? None. But then he asked a more pointed and important question. He continued questioning, saying, to, questioning them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said to him, you are the Messiah. In Matthew, it says you are the Messiah, son of the living God. These two questions are so pertinent in this time. And I feel like these words are ringing down from heaven even today for all of us, for all those who believe. Who do they say I am? But let's make a distinction because that doesn't matter. Who do you say that I am? Who do they say I am? Who do you say I am? God in this hour wants us to make that distinction. Because the who they say he is, the pressure to conform, 
to what they say he is, is more now than ever, at least in my lifetime. In my 15 years of life, I've never seen this, nor in my more accurate 52 years, close to 53 years of life, I have never seen such societal pressure to capitulate to a belief system that's not true. I've never seen it. I've never seen it as strongly. I've never seen the pressure as intensely as I see it in society today. So God is asking all of us, his whole body, his worldwide church, everybody, not just the church, everybody, who do they say I am? But who do you say I am? And Peter answered it correctly. You're the Mashiach. Ata hu HaMashiach. You are the Messiah. And then Yeshua responded with something very strange. He warned them not to tell anyone about him. Now this is something that confuses a lot of people. Like why in Yeshua's ministry did he tell people, don't tell them that I'm the Messiah. Isn't that the whole purpose of salvation? To know that he's the Messiah? Like why would he want to withhold that knowledge from anyone? The answer is in the next verse. And it's in the same spirit, the same essence as what we just read. Yeshua, he began teaching them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be re rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise from the dead. And he was stating that mainler, ma matter plainly. That means something in Judaism when he says something plainly. It means that whatever you've learned, this is the plain sense of what the scriptures say. That I am supposed to die as the Messiah. And I'm supposed to be rejected. Who do they say I am? Who do you say I am? The reason he said don't tell anybody that I'm the Messiah is because they had a flawed interpretation of what the Messiah is supposed to do. If Kathy gave me a thumbs up, I must be onto something. And she gave me a thumbs up. I seen it. They, the populace, were under the conception that the Messiah was going to deliver them all from their enemies, from Rome, and reestablish self-reign, self-governance in Israel. And become king at that time, similarly to how David was king, or similarly to how the Maccabees kicked out the enemy and then established self-governance in Israel. This was the permeating idea of what the Messiah was going to do. This is why messianic fervor was at a height during this time in the first century. Everybody was looking for deliverance from Rome. Everybody was looking to kick out the enemy. And Yeshua essentially is saying here, that if you go tell people that I'm the Messiah, they're going to translate that through their own filter. They're going to translate. See, when my, my wife says I'm right, that's even more meaningful than Kathy's thumbs up. At least to me. The populace would assume that he was then the warrior Messiah who is going to rally the country in a revolt against Rome and reestablish self-reign.
if the word got out that he was the Messiah, people would swarm him in a way that he did not want to be swarmed. That was not his mission. It will be his mission when he comes back. But that was not his mission. So he needed to say in the plain sense, my mission is to suffer and be rejected and be killed and rise from the dead. He could not conform to the populist definition of the Messiah. And if word got around that he was the Messiah, that would have been an overwhelming thing. That's why it couldn't go out. And that's why he had to immediately clarify what the plain sense of the Messiah was going to do. So much so that Peter didn't believe it. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Special note to everyone here, don't rebuke the Messiah. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Special note to everyone here. If you rebuke the Messiah, he's going to rebuke you back. You're going to lose that one. He rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You're not setting your mind on God's purposes, but on man's. Do you understand that? There is man's plans and there's God's purposes. Who do they say I am and who do you say I am? What are man's purposes? What are humanity's purposes? What is the plan and the, and, and the, and the purpose of what humanity is bringing forth? Let's separate that from God. God's divine purpose and his definition of what he wants to do and who the Messiah is. Who do they say I am? Who do you say I am? I believe we're in a time right now, like I said, where we need to make that designation and that distinction more so than in my 12 years of life. In my 31 years of life. Notice it's always lower than my original, my real age. I've, I honestly, I've never seen such a pressure to conform. And I've never seen such brainwashing all over the place. And this cancel, like if you just don't, if don't agree with it, like you're just gone. Like just, just get out of society. You're dead. And it, you know, I hate talking about politics because I upset everyone because I kind of roll, you know, in the middle of this thing. And I'm like, okay, I get what you're saying. Okay, I get what you're saying. You know, so like I see it on both sides. Like the other week, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was on Fox News. Fox News. And all I heard was, Joe Biden, blah, 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 blah. Joe Biden, blah, 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 blah. Hunter Biden, blah, 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 blah. And then I turn on MSNBC. And all I heard was, Donald Trump, blah, 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 blah. Donald Trump, blah, 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 blah. January 6th, blah, 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 blah. And then I turned on another news station, like a like generic news station, and I heard, this is what's happening in Ukraine. We're here on the ground in Ukraine, and we see this building was just bombed by the Russians, and we see some, you know, this is very tough to see, but there's, you know, carcasses on the ground, and this is, you know, this is a very tragic thing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, boy, this is refreshing. Not the war, but just being told what's happening and not being fed an opinion. The opinions are just so rampant these days. So I believe that Adonai is saying to us, Yeshua is saying to us, 
separate what the world is saying and hone in and focus on who I am. There are far too many distractions out there. Far too many distractions out there. There's a scripture in Isaiah, Isaiah 58, 12. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up, you will raise up the age-old foundations. Our foundations are under attack. The foundations are under attack. The foundations are under attack. But you are the generation that will fulfill this to raise up the age-old foundations. We are the generation to raise up the age-old foundations. The foundation is that unmovable cornerstone of truth and reality and spiritual reality and not the moving waves and wind and sand of the world that is shifting in a very, very ungodly way. You are the generation to raise up the foundation of many generations. God is looking for us. Like, what is your foundation? What's the foundation that you're building your, 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 your beliefs on? What's the foundation that you're building your beliefs on? There is a war against the foundations to kind of replace the foundations. So we're standing on something that's flawed. And passing away. And false. In this hour, we need to firm up the foundation of our faith. Who do you say he is? In distinction from who they say he is. Because the who they say and what you say, it better start looking a lot different. It better start being farther and farther away because it's getting farther and farther away. Listen, I am no, I keep telling people, I am no end times prophet. And I'll tell you one thing, I've seen many things that happened in my 22 years of life. Where I'm like, this is it. This is the end. Everything. Y2K. I was a developer. I was a coder during Y2K. I knew how legitimate this thing was. I was coding things with two-digit years. That I knew that programs I wrote at the company I worked for was going to go from the year 99 to the year zero. And I knew that would mess things up because all of a sudden everything would be in the past. So your bank account that's supposed to come due or your credit card that's supposed to, you know, mature in the year 2000, all of a sudden the, the, the computer system is going to think it's the year zero. Oh, you got 100 years to go. No problem. I knew this was going to happen, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I mean, look at all the things that's happened through history, even the things like in, in, um, in World War II with Hitler and, and Israel becoming an nation. That's it. <laughs> so we've all gone through these things where it's like, okay, this is the end. This is it. This is apocalypse now, right now. But none of it was. 9-11, whatever the wars are. But I'm going to say this again, and I don't say this as a prophet because I've been wrong in the past. What I see going on in Russia really concerns me. When I see what the, the pandemic immediately followed by this war, I don't know. There's something in me that says this war in Russia is not just ending in the Ukraine. 
and I'm not saying it's true or not true. I'm saying I'm concerned about it. Yeah, and I'm and I'm and now I'm hearing stories about like it's the, the food supply is going to be uh, uh, you know kind of shaken up a little bit that can cause famine. You know, like we all had these arguments about the pandemic. Like, why are we doing anything if there's a 99% chance of survival anyway? Well, all of us need food. That'll be a great equalizer, wouldn't it? <laughs> if there's no food. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no such thing as having, that's right, there's no such thing as having, you know, comorbidities that you need food. We all have that comorbidity. We need food. <laughs> and I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing this, and I'm like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm concerned. But really what I feel that the Lord is saying is that man does not live by bread alone. But every word that comes from the mouth of God. And we need to hone in and make sure that our foundation is sound and solid. Who Yeshua is. It's foundational. What righteousness is. And isn't. Foundational. We need to make sure that that's true. And right in line with the word of God. More so than ever that I've seen in my 39 years of life. <laughs> it's played, so played. <laughs> All right, I'm 52. I'll be 53. When, Peter? Yes, correct. And what day of the week will that be this year? Thank you. So listen, we learned something in this Torah portion, our portion, Achrimot. And all the way at the end, it lists uh, a bunch of sins that the Canaanites were doing. They were all sexual sins, including killing their children. And the Lord is saying, don't do what they do. I'm spitting them out of the land because they do this stuff. So you make sure you don't do it when you come in and take the land. But before it goes through that, it says these verses. This is from our Torah processional. You shall not do... As they do in the land of Egypt. What are they doing? What are you doing? You get it? Who do they say I am? Who do you say I am? Do you get it? You shall not do as they do. Same spirit. That's what I'm saying here. In the land of Egypt where you lived. And you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan. Which I'm bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules. Hello. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am Adonai, your God. This verse is screaming from heaven to this generation. It's screaming to this generation. It's screaming to all of us. The pressure to conform is more than I've seen in my 52 years and 10 months of life. And I'm not kidding. So let us commit to who Yeshua is. Answer like Peter. Ata hu Hamashiach. Ben Elohim Chaim. You are the Messiah. Son of the living God. 
And as things get rough, I don't know if all this stuff is going to bring the biblical tribulation and all that kind of stuff. I'm not even going to say. But if it is, I'm telling you the book of Revelation has the answer to it. How do we get through the tough times? This, the persevere. How do we persevere? This is the only message I should be giving from now until I'm 52 and 11 months and beyond. This is the verse you need to write down and onto your refrigerator. This should be your life verse or one of them. This is the perseverance of the saints. You ready? It's simple. Keep the commandments of God and faith in Yeshua. It's simple. That's the foundation. That's has to be the focus. We can talk about all the deep mysteries of the Bible and debate and debate and debate. And I could write all the books that I'm, they may never even write. <laughs> no, I'm going to write that, God willing. We can debate all these things, all these things about Scripture. This is the foundation. Everybody, what do I do during the, do I get food? Do I, do I collect food? Do, what do I do? Do I build a bunker on six feet, you know, be under my, my land? Do I have to get on land? Do we're going to have to, like, get together as a community and go live somewhere? Right? This is what God is telling us to do. Simple. Write it down, put it on your refrigerator, make it your life first, keep your faith in Yeshua, keep the commandments of God, period. Period. That's all it is. Your faith and your walk. Your faith and your walk. I know this isn't a real sexy message. I know this isn't a real sexy message. The sexy messages are the ones that talk about our purpose. And our personal blessings, how God wants to bless us. Why did that go in a southern accent? I don't know. <laughs> I love Joel Osteen. Those are the sexy messages. But do you know how to be sexy to God? You know what God views as sexy? Righteousness. Tips and tricks on how to be sexy is holiness, is righteousness. And righteousness starts with atonement. Righteousness, righteous living starts with the clean slate that was read from the New Testament portion. Righteousness begins with atonement. Atonement is made through the death of the perfect spotless lamb of God. And recognizing that and believing that at that point, as was just read, the slate is clean. From that point on, we do our best to live a righteous life according to his word. Doesn't mean we don't fail. It doesn't mean we don't sin. But his word is our passion. And that is how to be sexy to God 
And why do I even use the word sexy? Because in places where it talks about him clothing us in beautiful garments and making us beautiful and washing us clean, it's all about righteousness. It's all a metaphor for righteousness and sinlessness. In Isaiah 61, he's clothed me in garments of salvation, wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a bride adorns herself with jewels. Do you understand that when you have a heart to receive Yeshua, when you receive Yeshua's atonement and have a heart and a zeal to live a life according to his way, God is like, dang. Check her out. Mm-hmm. 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 And I'm not joking. It's true. Even all the way back in the Revelation, it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. There you go. There's that beautiful garment. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So don't say that's some Old Testament works thing. God wants us to receive the atonement of Yeshua and live a righteous life. And we have to have that foundation at this time. I know it ain't a sexy message. Like the God has, God has this grand purpose for you. And you're going to change the world. And God wants to bless you. And he wants to make you healthy. And he wants to make you wealthy. And he wants to give you all this and everything. And I'm a, I'm a proponent of that. I give those messages, Dosh Garnet. I give those messages. There's a place for them and I believe in them. Let's speak life. And health. And prosperity over each other. I'm all for it. But the message that's sexy to God. Believe in the son of God. And what he did. And receive his atonement. Wipe that slate clean and commit yourself to living a life in God's word. That's it. That's it. If I'm not given a message like that in this hour, I'm not doing my job as a rabbi. So that's what I give you today. Tips and tricks on how to be sexy. And Sylvia just walked in. She has no idea what I'm talking about. You'll have to listen to the message. So, Father, I just pray for a, a rush of righteousness over this land and over our hearts, Father. And a wave of holiness over this land and over our hearts. Father, refine us. Refine us. Let us all hear those questions from heaven that are being shouted, not just whispered, but shouted across time from the gospels to us, from heaven to us right now. Who do they say I am? Who do they, what do they say the word of God is? What do they say good is? What do they say evil is? And what do you say? Father, help us to answer that question correctly. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen.